Well, hello, hello. Welcome to the Orchid Blooms podcast. Welcome back, bloomers. I'm so happy that you are here listening during this busy time. I feel as though I always start a podcast episode by talking about how busy I have been, but I also feel that everyone is going through the same thing, which is why I keep bringing it up. And to be perfectly honest, I was afraid that I would not be able to be able to publish this podcast episode today because it's been so busy. I am your host this evening. My name is Orchid Brown. You can follow me on Instagram at Orchid I Brown, as well as TikTok. Preferably, you can definitely check out the Ambitious Obsession Network on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram at the Ambitious Net and on Facebook at the Ambitious Obsession Network. Now that we've got that out of the way, I hope that each and every one of you is having a wonderful week. I know I have, (laughs) hence the busyness. I keep saying that it's a busy time of the year but it has been a busy time of the year and keep in mind it's just been a busy year altogether so i definitely understand where most of you guys are coming from right now because i'm sure you guys are feeling it some of you have accomplished a lot of things that you've always wanted to accomplish for this year and some of you are almost there but you know what it's not the end of the year yet so you still have some time i hope that you are working on your work-life balance as I was trying to do this summer. Even created a list of things that I wanted to do. And usually I make a list for everything. I have a list of priorities. I have a list of things that I wanna do with my home, like renovation and stuff. I have a, a list of you know, my career direction and what I wanna do in life. But this summer, you know, I made the list for everything and I focused on the list when it comes to a balanced lifestyle. So I had a huge list going on for this summer. I wanted to go horseback riding. I wanted to go to the spa. I wanted to go to a vineyard for the first time because I've never been to a vineyard. And I'm telling you, majority of the stuff on that list that I wrote down that I wanted to do this summer never happened. I mean, never happened. I could not believe it. I always found excuses not to do it. I always seem to choose work. I am a workaholic, so... I know this is an area that I need to work on, so I really hope that you guys are working on your work-life balance. Um, I think with this summer, I just kind of went with the flow. I still went out, I still tried new things, a new restaurant, I just tried a, a restaurant in Ottawa called Jetem. And then I also experienced a lot of other places that were new that I've never been to before. And I went to a wedding this weekend, which by the way, if you guys have not been to a haitian wedding my god they really do know how to party and they really do know how to to just throw the best soiree to celebrate marriage that i've ever seen before i'm telling you i left i left that wedding with my feet sore i had to take off my shoes as walking barefoot i was in so much pain stepping on stones but if i put my 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 shoes back on i was gonna have issues you know what i'm saying so i had to just kind of suffer through the pedals and step on the stones to get to my car but man did i party i sweat like a pig i did not think that that was going to happen but keep in mind so far in ottawa it's been pretty hot the weather has been crazy busy and so i woke up the next day and i went to work and then 
um, I was invited to a cottage. So I went, I also went to the cottage as well. And that the goal was to just relax, like literally just relax. So that's what I did. I went on a boat ride. I did the skidoo and it was such a hot day. I even jumped into the water a couple of times and just enjoyed it. It was just a wonderful weekend. The best way to end it. And as far as I'm concerned, I love relaxing. I love nature. I love being around water. And that's exactly how I ended my weekend. It was it was great. And even though I still have a long list of priorities to get done that are quite important, you know how life is. Life just says, oh, you have a list of priorities. Oh, honey, (laughs) let me just throw a ranch in your plans. This is what you're going to focus on today. So your priority list takes a backseat. That's that's kind of how I've been feeling all summer. But you know what? I had I went to a good party. They played some good African music, some good Haitian music, some good island music. When they dropped some stuff, I was like, damn, I have so many videos that I haven't even posted yet because I just don't have the time. I have so much going on. Um, I wasn't even able to go to a few boat parties and I really wanted to go to a few boat parties, except I don't have all white outfits. So I don't think I would be able to go to any of those because you need a whole white outfit to go to the whole white boat parties. And um, yeah. So I think even for, you know, this weekend coming up, I was planning on visiting the Monet, which is an art exhibit, the Monet exhibit. And then the weekend after that, I wanted to do Latin Sparks Fest. And then, you know, I think that same weekend, they also have Afro Fest here in Ottawa. So I have a pretty busy few weekends coming up and I'm definitely not going to be doing um, anything that is boring. And I even forgot that I, I also went to a fair. I haven't been to a fair in years. You know, when you get older and you want to do all the amazing stuff you see on Instagram, you see people doing, they're traveling the world, they're going to Greece, they're going to Venice, they're going to all these wonderful places and they're living their best life. But sometimes just sitting back and just enjoying the little things in life, like going to a fair. I remembered how excited I was as a child going to the fair. You know what I mean? So it was so good to go there and to see all the excitements and enjoy the rides. I screamed, I laughed, I ate, you know, a corn, a, is that it was a corn hot dog? And they had different sizes. They had a regular size, which was huge. And then they had the foot long and I was like, oh my God. So I think I made like a, I took a picture of it and I made a Instagram story and I put it up on Instagram and I said regular dick versus foot long dick. And a bunch of people commented and was like sending me messages going, oh, did you have the foot long dick, girl? And I was like, no, I couldn't handle it, which is true. I really couldn't handle it. It was huge. <laughs> but I had a great time. And, it, you know, trying to, going back to what you really enjoyed as a child really does make a difference. So. As much as everyone wants to plan these big, lavish trips, like those little things that you can do that used to please you when you were younger, doing it now as you as you get older, it's so satisfying. So I really hope that, you know, before the summer is over, that you really take the time to 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 just do something that kind of brings out your inner child again and and just enjoy that moment eating that cotton candy and you know having that corn hot dog or corn dog and getting on the rides it was just so much fun so i i just want to encourage you all summer's not over yet we're in canada but it's not over yet we have a few more weeks And there is time to experience all the wonderful things that they do have going on right now, especially in Ottawa. 
if you are in Ottawa and you're listening to this or wherever you are, you could be in the States, you could be anywhere in the world. I am 100% certain that there are a lot of things going on where you're at that you should just take time out of stressing, worrying, working to just do you and enjoy that little that little bit of happiness that you get from just just doing something, something fun. So let's get into this podcast episode. The topic this evening is on brown noser boss. We have all had them in our lifetime. We have even laughed at them. We have brown noser coworkers. And if we looked back, we have had brown noser classmates. This episode, I wanted to focus on management brown noser management it is so entertaining to watch management be brown nosers i guess it's necessary as you move up but i really wanted to touch on this topic because a lot of people don't they either don't notice their behavior or they do and they just don't care and sometimes seeing these types of situation always prompts me to to ask these types of questions which my first question is is brown nosing about networking uh would you receive more respect as a brown noser you know to to put yourself in that situation where everyone is watching you make a fool out of yourself and on top of that having this manager look at you and have to smile while they laugh in their head at your behavior because you're clearly a brown noser these are the questions i asked myself as i i wrote this podcast episode how far can you go with that being a brown noser, where where is it going to truly get you? What is a brown noser? A person that acts in a grossly obedient or attentive degree. Or a person that is servile, which means having or showing an excessive willingness to serve or please others. A modern day brown noser would be considered a suck up. That's 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 the definition. That's that's how I would consider a brown noser. And could you picture that on a brown noser boss? I am certain that one of you, some of you have literally had a boss like this. Come on, don't lie. In certain professions, being a brown noser is good, such as sales, customer service, client service, and of course, being an executive or administrative to a CEO, because let's be real, CEOs like when their egos get bloated too, you know? They, they like it when they come into work with their coffee or you bring them coffee and you kiss their ass. I mean, spread cheeks and suck. They Some of them love it. I feel the key is to do it with genuinity. No one likes a fake suck up who are only being nice because they want something. Some people are just people pleasers and they just can't help themselves. So being a brown noser is is literally a part of their identity. There is nothing they can do about it. And I completely understand that. But from from certain people's point of view, including myself, nobody wants a suck up. Nobody. It's too much. Just too much. No one likes that in their personal life. I can't speak for people pleasers, but I can speak for myself. I don't like that in my personal life. Like, don't kiss my ass. Don't suck up to me. It just makes me not like you. So why would they want it in their professional life? The worst is is when they clearly don't like you and they're kissing your ass. That's the worst to me. Like, if you don't like me 
and you're gonna keep coming up to me and and kissing my ass i would rather you tell me to my face that why you don't like me and i can choose to correct that because we're in a professional environment or i can choose not to care because if we don't work together or we're not interacting with each other i i really don't need to care but if i am working with you on a regular basis then this relationship is something that I need to improve on and I'm going to take the initiative to correct the areas where I need to to make sure that you're a little bit more comfortable and that we can work together but I really don't need you to kiss my ass trying to force me to like you. Most times in situations such as that I want to ask aren't you tired? Does it not hurt you just a little bit having to kiss someone's ass and you don't like them? To demean yourself in such a way like does it does it not affect you at all i mean what are you getting out of it because you are so transparent if anyone can see through you why can't you see you what is your purpose by being a brown noser sometimes being a brown noser isn't a bad thing they show up 15 to 20 minutes early they are poised they stay later, always say goodbye when they leave. They have great email etiquette and proper grammar. They are up to date on what is happening in their industry. They go above and beyond for the job and their professional career. All star employees. But there are a lot of brown noser who don't do all of those things. They just kiss everyone's ass. They become a brown noser to avoid doing any work. They lack motivation and are not overachievers. As management, it really doesn't look good because you have how many employees looking up to you and wondering why did you get this job? It really just, just doesn't look good. Being a suck up seems to be the best path to career success only if you do it right. So now I'm going to share a story of a brown noser that I met and I'm telling you this dude shocked me to death. Just shocked me. I think the first time I met him, he was talking and he was just really super close. Like he just did not understand that there's personal space and not very many people want you to be up in their grill. Like I don't want to have to smell your breath because you're so damn close. I can feel your body eat. It's too much. And I guess he really wanted me to like him. But at the end of the day, I was like, you are too much. Like, I need you to be professional. S step, step back a little bit. Stand up. Give me the opportunity to get up from my seat since you barged into my office. Even though the door's open, like there's a respectable etiquette that you need to have when you're coming into someone's office. Allow me to get up from my seat, shake your hand, and introduce myself. Don't just barge into my office, walk around my desk, and stick your face in my face and as a means to introduce yourself. I'm telling you, this dude was too much. So let me just get into this story. Hopefully I don't go off into a rant because I will never forget this man. So I was working for a property management company. And at the time they had a, a, a manager as well in that department. And he was kind of a brown noser as well. Like every time he comes into the office, whenever he comes into the office, he would just kind of say hi to everyone. But he's always late. Like he comes in maybe like three hours after his shift is supposed to start. And the actual CEO of the company could never reach him. And even the, the manager in the office, well, he's the manager and then there's a supervisor. So the supervisor in the office couldn't really get a hold of him. So he was always making excuses 
is to kind of let him get away with a bunch of stuff and so a lot of people started seeing it but they all kept their mouth shut because keep in mind we're all on the bottom level so we're not going to be protected if we step out of line or say something that we shouldn't be saying it's it's going to have to be the ceo who notices these stuff so if the ceo comes around and starts saying you know where's the manager everyone just says well we don't know and and leave it at that so after a few months this this manager eventually got fired because the excuse that the supervisor was giving for the manager i don't know why he was doing him this favor especially since he wanted his position um he he eventually started saying oh he's at a different location or he's over there so the, the ceo would then go and call all these location finding out if he's there or not and when's the last time he's been there so eventually over time it was quite obvious that he wasn't actually showing up for work this man has been sleeping in staying home hanging out with his family and getting paid a good ton of money to do nothing he might answer the phone once in a while and just give an answer um to whatever but most of the time he's not actually picking up the phone you know what i'm saying so he eventually got fired when he got fired you know he received the 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 message through email so he didn't actually need to come into to the office to pick up his his stuff because if he was never there guess what like none of his stuff was there he didn't need anything especially if he didn't need to come in he literally just showed up once a week and you never saw him again every week on that one day for like an hour and he disappears and it's like that for for the next few weeks so the ceo now basically put out an advertisement and they found this gentleman in toronto and so he came all the way down from toronto for this interview and he he basically i wasn't present for the interview but after meeting him i was like oh man this ceo is either dumb or desperate <laughs> it was one of those situations so he did the interview and i guess he excelled in the interview um but the supervisor who wanted the manager's position so once he got let let go he was hoping that he would take that place but the ceo never bothered to consider him for the position and there was a lot of politics going on but at the same time he didn't notice that a lot of people noticed that he wasn't actually working like when he was supposed to be getting stuff done and doing a lot of stuff like we'd have meetings on a weekly basis and the supervisor would be like yeah yeah orchid got everything and i'm like actually no i didn't get this i didn't get this i didn't get this and i'd have a whole list of all the stuff that i didn't get that he was supposed to provide to me and he's like oh so then the ceo after the meeting would go with me to these departments to grab all the things that i need so that i can get my job done and so it kind of added up even though this the ceo wasn't saying anything it kind of added up and he was quite unreliable he was always saying stuff like this can't be done this can't be done this is not how it's done rather than finding a solution and seeing how he could help the, the actual ceo get these things done within the company he he wasn't doing his part and so a lot of the employees would notice that he doesn't actually he comes into the office at the time he's supposed to which most employees do so there's no judgment on that but most of the time like he's sitting at his computer looking like he's working he's actually watching a movie and playing a video game and the thing about it is he doesn't notice that people can actually see his screen from the window behind him <laughs> so everyone knows he's actually not working especially when he's like oh listen i'm writing up a, a huge brief right now and it's going to take me a few hours he's actually playing video games and all the employees can see that he's doing this but anyway so he didn't get the job so this guy from Toronto, 
who was higher up in some property management company out in Toronto. He was given the job because he he was a talker. You know those people that kind of go into an interview and they know how to sell themselves and they, they know how to select certain words to explain how to do the job or how to uh, how, how they, they got by, basically. I don't know how else to explain it. There's a word for them. I can't call them paper pushers because paper pushers are people that just knows how to do a lot of documents. But him specifically, like he knew how to sell his position and how much he knows about it. And he'll mention certain, you know, applications and systems and make it seem like he's worked with it before. So he sold himself very well, I believe. I don't know. I wasn't in there for the interview. So he shows up now and he goes out of his way to come and find me at my office, which is not on location. I asked the CEO to work at a different location and he set it up for me. He made sure everything was good. And he said, okay, just focus on your job and that's it. And I said, good, I don't wanna deal with any politics. Nobody better call me about no bullshit. And I, this is how I would talk to the CEO because if he wants me to get the job done, I don't need any mess. You keep that to yourself. If you're asking me about my work, I will I will provide all the information that you need. If you're asking me about any office politics, I'm not I'm not available. And he was like, no problem, because he was kind of on the same page. He didn't want to deal with bullshit either. He just wanted to see the numbers. He wanted to every meeting that I went into with the CEO. I already had a list of everything already listed out, written down. I came to the meeting prepared. My section of, of the meeting takes about 15 minutes tops where other people will take 45 minutes going off on a rant because they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They always seem to have a damn excuse. I just didn't have time for this. I was like, man, if you could just let me do my 15 minutes at the beginning of the meeting, pack my shit up and leave so you can listen to all of this, that'd be great. And he would never let me go. He would make me sit there and listen to these other people in the marketing department. Um, the supervisor who's coming up with how many excuses why he can't do his job and another person who's at a different location who's ranting and raving about why she can't get her damn job done and it would go on for a good two hours and I'm just sitting there and it came to a point where I just put my stuff down and I folded my arms and I just looked at him and he was like all right meeting done so he knew just based on my look like no no we're not doing this we're not doing this let me go let me go so he now brought in this manager and I guess the manager uh, received the position because he specifically wanted the manager to work with me because at some point like I would be asking for things that nobody knew where it was. But if there was an actual manager in the facility, in that department, then if I asked the manager for something, he would know exactly where everything is and I would be able to just show up, pick it up and go back to my office, which is just a few blocks down the road and I'm by myself and beside a Sobeys, I can go to Starbucks and get myself some stuff. I can just chill in my damn office and just talk to people and have a great time. So he decided to, you know, he got the job, he showed up, he met everybody in the office and then he left the office to come down and meet me and he comes in and he just barges into my office, walks around the table and just sticks his face into my face because apparently that's appropriate. And I was like, oh my God. So he's talking to me. I'm, I'm shocked out of my mind because I wasn't aware of this person. No one sent me an email. No one said a word. They just said, oh, just go visit Orchid. And I knew the supervisor said go visit Orkin and didn't give me a heads up deliberately. So I was like, all right, I see how it is. So as he's there, I was like, oh, hi, um, your name. And I said, um, you're new to the company. He's like, yes, I'm the manager of the department. So, you know, you come to me if you ever need anything. And so I had to push my chair away from him to be able to breathe because I didn't want to smell the onions on his breath anymore. 
And so I just said, oh, okay, no problem. I said, well, welcome to the company. And he was just like, so, and at this point now he's like at my desk, leaned over, ass up, looking at my computer screen. So how does everything work? And I said, well, what do you mean? How does everything work? He's like, well, how do you do your job? And I said, well, I get the inquiries and I do this and I do that and I do that. And I start listing stuff. And then he looks at me like he didn't understand a fucking word I was saying. And at this point, it dawned on me and I'm like, oh, my God, they just hired someone who actually doesn't know the job. So I said, oh, where did you work before? And he's like, oh, well, then how he, now he gets up, get out of my damn personal space, stop sticking his face in my computer screen. And he stood there because now he gets to brag about himself. And you can see the gloating on his face. And he says, oh, I worked in Toronto at this other property management company. And he's like, you know, I was there for a few years. My wife and I, you know, we lived in Toronto and really enjoyed it. But she's, he's like, you know, it was time for, for a move. You know, it was time to, to try something else and try a different company. And I said, all right. So you're here to bring all your expertise from, from the Toronto branch, um, Toronto property management company to, to help us, um, get on top of things. He's like, yes, I'm here to solve problems and make everyone's job simpler. And I was like, all right, no problem. I said, so what was your position there? So he told me what his position was. I said, what did you do? He's like, well, I mean, I didn't really have to do much. When he said that, I was like, oh, you must have missed this part in the interview. Because if the CEO did not hear you say this, um, you should not have been hired. So I said, oh, you had like a lot of people under you. He's like, yeah, basically, you know, I've been with the company for a long time. And they, they kind of went through so many managers and so many people at higher positions. Like they stayed in it for a while and then they quit. But, you know, I was loyal and I worked hard and, you know, I, I stuck around even when people were quitting here and there. And they they wanted to reward me by giving me this position. And, you know, I got the position and I was in the office and, you know, I would make some decisions here and there. But he said, all of my work is done by other people. I just remember thinking in that moment, oh, my God. So you mean to tell me you actually have no clue on how to do your fucking job? And I said to myself, there is no fucking way I'm adding onto my list, training a manager who's making double, maybe even triple what I'm making so that he can learn how to do his own damn job. As a manager, you should be able to train people. And I said, well, the good news is you have a, a supervisor. Um, I forgot his name. And I said, he'll be able to, to direct you and, and show you how to do certain things and stuff like that. He, and then he says to me, yeah, I mean, I tried asking him some questions, but he just kept saying he was busy and that I should talk to HR or the CEO uh, about my job. And I said, oh, well, did you contact the CEO or the HR? And he's like, oh, no, I can't do that. And I said, oh, yeah, you fucking can't do that. Because if you start asking him basic fucking questions about how to do your job, he's going to be wondering, what did you say to me during the interview? I thought you knew your shit and you're going to get fired. You moved all the way from Toronto to Ottawa for this position where they're paying you a good amount of money based on your experience and what you bring to the table. So for you to be sitting here telling me under you that you actually have no clue what the fuck you're doing is like, oh my God. Either leadership, like I said, was desperate and they took you or they really didn't interview you well enough to realize that you are bullshitting your way through this position. I said, well, you know what? I wish you the best of luck. I need to get back to work. 
um, definitely go to the office. I'm sure there's somebody there that will be able to direct you. Turns out nobody was willing to give him information. Turns out nobody was willing to help him. So literally he got the position and now it's a sink or swim situation and he can't go to the CEO and tell the CEO that he actually doesn't know what to do. So he just kind of sat there in the office just waiting for someone to come to him and maybe ask him a question. And so when people did ask him a question, and I've heard this from other employees at the office, when they did ask him a question, he started fidgeting because he didn't have an answer. And he was like, oh, well, well, well let me go. Let me go check with uh, with the, the CEO and, and see what uh, what 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 uh, what, what we say um, and I'll get back to you. And that was his answer all the time. So he never got back to them because he never went to the CEO to get this information. Because, again, if you go to the CEO with basic things that they're asking for, it means you don't know how to do your job. So at this point, I was like, all right, I'm going to be thrown into a situation that I don't want to be in and I need to make a decision. At this point, it was either stay or leave. All of a sudden, he comes back down to my office and then he sticks his damn face into my damn computer again, my personal damn space. And he was like, so can you show me how you do your job? So I started showing him how I do my job, but I wasn't doing it nice and slow. I was doing it just moderate speed like I would normally do if someone wasn't there. So I just start clicking on stuff and showing him how I do things and how I add this and how I add that. And he was so overwhelmed. I looked at his face. He looked like he wanted to piss himself. He was like, um, can, can you can you start over again, but go a bit slower? Um, what's this system? I'm like, it's Yardy. He goes, oh, I'm like, the name's right at the top. It's called Yardy. And he goes, um, uh, all right, so um, how do you... Um, get the the, the, the the paperwork and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, well, it's here and DocuSign and this and this and that. And he was like, oh, oh, um, uh, okay. I'm like, listen, I have a meeting, so I can't really do this with you right now. She's just standing outside. Is there any way that maybe you can talk to the supervisor and have him walk you through this? He's the one that showed me all of this. He was like, oh, oh, okay. So this fucker now goes back to the office to basically talk shit about me, saying that I didn't show him anything. Turns out the CEO sent him to me to basically train him on how to use the system. And I didn't have time for that. So he went and talked shit to the marketing person. The marketing person then calls me and says, Orchid, why didn't you just show him how to use a system? And I said, buddy, I showed him the exact same way that the supervisor showed me. I said, it wasn't that complicated. It was very straightforward. I even showed him all the tabs he needed to click on and where he needed to go to check certain things. And then I told him about DocuSign and I showed him DocuSign and how he can get them to, to send these documents to get them to sign it for the clients. And the guy's like, oh. And I was like, yeah, it's really fucking simple what I showed him. I made it as easy as possible. I don't understand what he doesn't understand. And then he looked at, he just kind of smiled over the phone. I could hear him smiling too. He's like, oh, that's how it is. I was like, yeah. I said, good luck with that, by the way. He's like, yeah, thanks. So he understood that I showed him everything that I was taught and trained to do. And it overwhelmed him. So the marketing, the head of marketing department was like, yeah, you're not going to survive for very long. So he started basically going to the CEO and bitching about how I wasn't showing him anything and which wasn't true. The marketing guy knows that's different. So if the marketing guy ends up talking to the CEO, I know that the marketing guy is going to have my back. So I'm not worried about it. And he just kind of went around just talking shit to anyone that would listen in the company. And they all call me to tell me all about it because they all know me and they all know that I work very well. And so he is a type of guy that I was consider a brown noser because 
he was always kissing the CEO's ass and he's running after people and kissing their ass, hoping for favors, hoping for them to, to do his job for him. Whereas the previous company that he worked for, the upper management positioned people around him. It had positioned people around him so that they could do all of the tasks for him. So he basically just kind of sat there in the office all day doing nothing and maybe had to answer a question or two, but he was not actually aware of what was happening in his department because he, he was just a manager in title and not by responsibilities. And in this position now, he was a manager in title and he had the responsibilities, but he didn't know how to do it. So all these people are calling me saying, yo, this guy just keeps coming to my desk asking me about basic shit that he should already know. And I said, did you, you know what you should do? Ask him what he did at his previous position and listen very carefully. So they asked him the question. They called me back. They were like, yo, he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And I said, yep, yep. I, I believe he's a desperate hire. And they're like, yep, it sounds like it because he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. So at this point, I put in my resignation letter. I went to, to the final meeting and this was the manager's way of trying to convince me to stay. And I said, no, nah, man, you got your manager. And the manager's sitting there, you know, kissing ass, laughing, making jokes at the table. Ha ha, yeah, ha ha. And he's doing all of that stuff and he's being complete brown noser and everyone's over it because they could see. Everyone at the table could see right through him, including the CEO. So I gave the CEO everything that I had, updates on everything. And I said, well, the manager can deal with it now. After I left, some people from the company would call me and they would say, oh, you know, that brown noser manager. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically the CEO didn't want to deal with him anymore. So he gave him all of your tasks and told him to go to the office and do your job for you. And I was like, oh, yes, a client who I happen to be friends with. Um, she added me on Facebook, messaged me, and she was like, oh, my God, Orchid, who the hell is in the office? Who replaced you? I was like, oh, that's the manager of the department. The girl's like, are you mental? The dude doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He kept asking me the same question 20 times. He kept going, oh, did you give me the money yet? And she's like, I already paid you. You have the envelope right on your desk. It's written on top. My name is even on it. And he's like, oh, 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 oh okay. And she was like, all he did for the entire meeting was just sit there talking about how lavish his job was in Toronto and how great it was and blah, blah, blah. And now he's here and he's learning new things and he just wants to branch out and learn more. And she's like, this, she's like, Orchid, this dude's a tool. And I said, yep, yeah, he is. But he's doing the job right, right? And he's, she's like, no, man, the, super, the CEO needs to fire him. He's a waste of money. Anyways, he ended up getting fired. And the supervisor who was basically doing nothing, he got fired as well. He did he did something that he did with me when I first started the job. And I didn't say anything because it's not my place to, to fuck with people's money. But the next person that came along was highly recommended. And he ended up doing the exact same thing to her, which was completely unprofessional. And she ended up just kind of snapping and quitting the same day she started and told the CEO to basically suck it because she wants no part of a company such as this. So after that, the CEO was like, okay, Orchid had to deal with a lot of shit. Let's purge. So he got fired, the manager got fired, and they had to basically start over from scratch and started hiring the right people to do the job. And this time he took it seriously. Now it's not a desperate hire. Now it's we really need to hire qualified people to do the job. So 
that's kind of the story that I wanted to share about being a brown noser um, as I move forward because when it comes to a professional and a brown noser because they're not the same a professional is somebody who carries themselves well they they want to know their jobs they make sure that they absorb as much information as they possibly can from their previous position just in case they have to move on and when they move on they'll be able to bring a certain resources and experience with them to the next position that will secure their position within that new company but his goal was to kind of kiss ass and suck any cheeks that would come along to see if he can garner favor uh, from anyone at this point anyone that does not mind um, taking his his uh, sweetness and kindness towards them as favors and they would then do him a favor by doing certain jobs for him so that he's less stressed basically he needed employees that could just do the work for him like his previous position and so the ceo of the company who interviewed him didn't notice that that is what he required because he made it seem like he could do the whole job on his own by himself and so I wanted to share that story to kind of explain, you know, those types of brown nosers who aren't the ones that show up 15 to 20 minutes early. In his case, he did show up 10 minutes prior to his shift. He was the first one at his desk every day that, that I know of. He, he always said bye to people and he dressed very well and he was very poised. And so I've never really seen any emails or grammars or anything like that. But when it comes to learning about his industry and understanding what is happening in the up and ups and, and being a, a professional, basically an all-star employee, he wasn't that. He wasn't very motivated. He was an underachiever and he became management. And the only reason why he lasted as long as he did is because of whose ass he kissed at the end of the day. He was always a yes man. Yes, 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 I'll get that done. But he couldn't get it done because he didn't know how to do it. So he spent the entire day running around trying to find people to help him do his job and wasted an entire day when no one would help them, help him because they could all see through him except the CEO. The best leaders can see through the brown nosers, the suck ups. The best leaders will notice that their supervisors or managers are a little too friendly to certain employees. Or if you are following them around too much, they are always asking if you need something. Leaders don't want to see that you have too much time on your hands. It means that you don't have any work to do. It doesn't look good. You know what I'm saying? If an employee is under you and is coming up to you and asking you a question and you need to to cut them off, uh, to, to say, oh, um, let me go ask um, the manager or the director or something of a sort. It just, it just means that you don't know how to do your job. And that's not cool. Being a, a brown noser isn't effective in those types of situations. So let me share another story. And this hopefully, I believe this will be my last story. And it was based on a, a job that I, I had like two jobs ago. No, no, it was like one job ago. Not the, the current one, but the one before. And um, I had this supervisor and she was clearly a little too young for the job. But she, she got the supervisor position. And she was one of those brown nosers who would go above and beyond to be super nice to everyone. And she would do certain people favors 
um, to get them to, to do certain things for her, like her job, for example, so she can sit in the office and, and just do whatever. And then she had other supervisors alongside her. And I think the, there were just two of them who just, no, there's three of them who just sincerely sucked at their jobs. One of them was, you know, at least 55 or older. I think he worked in like a funeral home and, um, this is his first, real big job he's like a divorcee his wife left him for something better and um she's like 28 years old and there was this other supervisor who was like 21 years old and they're all supervisors so with the gentleman now he was a brown noser he's he likes to kiss ass he you know he does the bare minimum he just kind of walks around and checks on people but when you do go to the office he's always in the office watching a movie or he's on the phone talking to his daughter or his sister for hours and he'll only get off the phone after like two hours so he can go around to check on everyone else but he was considered to be really nice so everybody else just kind of did his job for him and managed certain situations and and never had to call him because they didn't want to disturb him because he was such a nice person with the female now she was the type of person that would do favors for everyone else in hopes to get loyalty um it was a way to gain respect almost and so she had these posses of people who ran around basically acting like they were supervisors while she could sit in the office and talk about her eyelashes and her makeup and show pictures of how she looked when she was in dubai you know like all of those kind of stuff so she did the bare minimum but she expected loyalty for any favors that she gave you. And so a lot of these these girls and guys were just super excited because they feel so important because she lets them do whatever they want as long as they handle uh, a lot of the, the shit that she doesn't want to. And sometimes they would have to call her because someone re would request a supervisor uh, to speak to a supervisor and she would show up and I would be sitting there just kind of watching because she doesn't have the that that experience of handling complaints and how to de-escalate a situation so she just kind of stood there taking shit and just giving one one worded answer back to the person because she didn't know how to handle the situation and it came to a point where the person that was in front of her was clearly a manager herself where she worked and she was like i will not speak to you anymore and the, the supervisor girl who was 28 years old, who clearly was underqualified for the position, was like, what? Like she was confused and everybody else understood what was going on except her. And so the lady's like, you clearly don't know what the hell you're doing. I'm sitting here telling you how to do your damn job. And you're just sitting there giving me one worded answer. She's like, I would rather speak to your manager, someone who's clearly qualified for this job and to handle my complaints. If you don't even know how to go about answering any of my questions or providing me a solution or anything. And she was like, well, uh, well, I just can't, I just can't do any, do anything about it. I, I can only, you know, listen. And she's like, no, that's not good enough. She's like, give me your manager's phone number and email and I will contact them personally, but you should not be a supervisor because you don't know what the hell you're doing. And she just kind of stood there dumbfounded because she didn't know what she was doing. So the lady left after get, receiving the information and she comes over to us and she just starts saying, oh, that woman was crazy. Like, I can't believe she did that. Oh, I'm a supervisor. I know what I'm doing. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, you do. You know what you're doing because all of these people are people she does favors to. So, of course doing favors for them their job is to kiss her ass and to make her job easier and so this is what she would do she's the type of person that would go go around and 
talk about how you can't do this you can't do that it's against the rules for work and she would then break those same rules herself and this was her management style and when the manager does come around once a week she would be following behind the manager the entire time going oh let me show you this let me do that for you um this and that let me roll out the red carpet just just bend over spread cheeks and let me kiss between the cracks honey i'm here for you and after the manager would leave she'd turn around to all of us and she's like well i just kissed a lot of ass so i should get a really good reference when it's time to leave and that was a thought process for her she didn't actually like the manager she just needed to kiss her ass and walk on water with her or make her feel like she walks on water so that she can then get a good reference. She did not actually care. And when there was emergencies that were going on and she was being contacted for it, she would turn around and she would tell the employees to deal with it themselves. And then when the employees do fix it, she goes out of her way to take credit for something she never did, even though she was in the office sitting on her phone texting when the manager wasn't looking and when the manager comes out she looks like she's the best employee ever standing up big smile on her face oh do you need any help and but she wasn't actually doing her job so these are the types of 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 situations that i'm talking about these are supervisor in higher levels who are complete brown nosers who trade favors and if you don't do what they they want or if you don't kiss their ass one day you will be punished they will make sure you have the worst job for the rest of the day just to punish you so you will be reminded that if you don't kiss my ass and make me feel great and talk to me about bullshit and make me feel wonderful then i am going to make sure you have the shittiest job all day and they would she would pick on these employees who got tired of kissing her ass it came to a point where she was making employees buy her food and buy her coffee um if they wanted extra shifts for example or i gave you a shift this week you can buy me an iced coffee at tim hortons you know and so the person would have to run over order the iced coffee for her and bring it back to her and present it to her and go here you go thank you for the shift this week and that's that's how she did stuff there was even rumors that you know she hustled some this black girl where she was like oh i'll give you the extra shift but you have to pay me half the money from your shift and the girl was like okay and she actually agreed to it from what i heard i don't know if it's true or not i don't think anyone's that stupid but you never know these days but she used her authority and her power and do did favors to make it seem like she was she was carrying them on her back but it was really nothing she wasn't the one really doing anything she wasn't actually the one making the decisions because if i needed an extra shift i didn't call her i called the person who gave out the shifts and i always got the shifts that i wanted so everybody else was like oh my god like i asked her for a shift how are you getting all these shifts and i was like i didn't talk to her and they're like what so this is how she behaves she makes it seem as though you have to come to her to get certain things and in return you need to kiss her ass she wants a ride to to across town out of your way from where you live then you have to do that for her and a lot of people would do that they she would live in like the other end of town and they would live on the other opposite end of town it takes them about 45 minutes to drive and she would request them to drive her to 45 minutes away from where we worked to where she lives and then they would have to drive um what is like a hundred and and like an hour and and 30 minutes an hour and 45 minutes to get home after dropping her off and in my mind i was like this is not worth it why 
this is not worth it um, kissing this person ass but she is considered a brown noser because she uses favors not not her actual professionalism she doesn't demand respect she demands respect through bullying and she would harass other staff who did not want to fall in line it was just really weird to watch and i had zero respect for that i wanted no part of it so every single time she's like oh i'll do your favorite work and i was like no thank you and i'd walk away and she hated my guts for this because i was the only person she couldn't control by doing all of these little little things that she would do for everybody else for because i wouldn't give her the opportunity to she would put me in jobs that clearly no one likes and i would just smile throughout all of it i was like i'm not giving this to you i'm not giving this to you you want my respect you need to start behaving more professionally i ain't buying you shit to come to work to deal with you it's just not worth it so these are the type of brown noser bosses that i'm talking about and i wanted to share that story because i wanted you to see a female version of of the first story that i shared a brown noser boss doesn't necessarily have to be a male a brown noser boss can also be a female and i've experienced both I'm to this day I look back and I remember these bosses and I can also remember all the best supervisors and managers that I've ever had in my entire professional lifetime or career basically and they just they just they just wowed me to this day I will always remember them but I, again I will still also remember the poor poor bosses that I I've had to deal with as well I think the other worst situation about that female boss is that she would make these females that she was doing favors to, she would make them go out with her to uh, bars or restaurant on their days off because she had no friends. And I feel that was the worst part of it. It's that she had no boundaries. She did not realize that she was management and you can't be forcing people under you to go hang out with you whenever you're off or come pick you up and drive you around on day your day off to get your appointments done like little things like that and that's kind of what she did so i feel like that was the worst part because i would speak to these employees and they would tell me all the stuff that she would require them to do for a measly one or two extra shift a week and i was like i i can't i can't i can't be be someone's clown and i, I definitely can't be someone's bitch but, you know, I wish y'all the best of luck, you know. Some of these brown nosers are indecisive. They seem to be afraid to make decisions. They will always run to their managers or leaders about questions that were directed to them. Either they don't trust in their own abilities as supervisors or managers, or the other situation is that they feel that if they were to go to their boss with every little thing, that it would help further their career or bond them to their boss. The best leaders aren't looking for that in their supervisors or managers. They, they want to be able to trust that you can make the decisions and the right decisions while they are not present. That's, that's what you were hired to do. These are the same supervisors that are laughing at their boss's jokes and using the corporate buzzwords that promotes the work culture um, to make themselves seem like they are connected to their supervisors or bosses at this point. They listen and they do whatever the bosses want without any opinions. At this point, I just want to say you're a clown because at some point, if your boss or the leader 
is telling you something that's going to cause a disruption within the workplace, it is your job as a supervisor to explain to that boss that he needs he or she needs to provide a different approach, especially with something that's sensitive and not just come back to the regular employees and say, well, this is what the boss said and this is how it's going to go and no questions, no, no answers is just get it done. It does not foster a positive work environment and and create unity amongst the employees and and encouraging them to want to to do what's right and what's best for the organization and a lot of supervisors or managers need to understand that sometimes when it's coming from the top it's okay to to maybe have a discussion with them on how to approach a situation going forward rather than just saying yes ma'am and no ma'am or yes sir or no sir depending on your work environment and who your boss is you, you know so these supervisors or manager hate when you take the spotlight and that is something that i notice with a lot of brown noser bosses is that they need to be the center of attention they have to be this on the center stage at all times as their employees you have to put on a show with their bosses and praise them. As I mentioned in the last story with the female, at this point, they are doing favors for you at work to receive your loyalty and praise, which is exactly what she was doing. If you do not do it right, they will take that, that favor away from you. And in most times, they will punish you. These supervisors or managers are quick to warm up to new bosses once the former has moved on. They behave as if the new boss has always been there. No space whatsoever. I mean, they cling on to them like <laughs> like, like peanut butter on bread. Um, the issue with this strategy is that you would end up talking too much rather than allowing the new boss to form their own judgment. Allow your employees to create new space, uh, a new slate for themselves. So carrying on that negativity and advising the new boss on the difficult workers or the ones with issues with their job, it does not give them room to grow or to be better. And due to this, I have to say, sometimes management is the problem. Hopefully in these types of situations, the new bosses will pay attention and take the time to get to know all the employees before prejudging uh, by observing. But most are filled with whoever was willing to take the job and they may not have been trained. It could be who they know what, when they got the job. You never know the circumstances where everyone is coming from at this point. So there's so many moving parts and so many missing histories or, or journeys that we are unaware of on a management level and a lower level. But in some situations, these brown noser supervisors who are up in you know, the new boss's ass and in their ears all the time can contaminate their mind and distract them. And it just doesn't, it just doesn't work in most situations. Some brown nosers were thrown in their position. And I mean, they sucked ass for it, you know? So now they're in a position of sink or swim with no help or assistance. So when you have these, these other brown nosers, supervisors in between the the lower level and the 
upper management level having those brown nosers you know stick their mouths in these new bosses ears sometimes doesn't help them because they're just trying not to drown they really are trying really hard to catch up and manage everything and then someone comes along and it's like oh my god some help finally but instead they're there trying to push their own narrative making sure that the new bosses look at particular employees in a in a certain way because those are the employees that will tell the truth that this supervisor is shit and if the new boss was to ever speak to them they would tear them down and so they need to make sure that only the people that they've done favors for only the people that they have trained to be loyal and to praise them are the ones that the new bosses will need to be around so that they can secure their position and stay where they are and continue to be demotivated and underachievers as they possibly can and put their foot up on their desk and do nothing all day for people that want to move up successfully it is more than just being a brown noser it's about researching building relationships creating opportunities to learn listen problem solving and including those that you work with on the decisions you make about them that's the best part have you ever been in one of those meetings where they go over your areas of improvements and your strengths and they include you in the process for the areas of improvements that's awesome because they put it in your hands to decide how you can go about based on your way of learning how you can go about correcting those situations and what you may need and you can let them know so that they can put into place all the strategy that they need to help you do the best job that you can those are the best leaders those are the leaders that give you the opportunity to choose who you want to be and work with you if not you end up in a situation of sink or swim with no help i have met supervisors who were such brown nosers that when they finally got promoted they couldn't handle the job and when they turned around to talk to their actual bosses about their situation their boss says you wanted the job so deal with it you fought for it you said you could handle it where are all those creative ideas that you were talking about to me for for all this time put it into action let us see you work other than that, we can't help you. It's sink or swim. These brown noser supervisors, after having that discussion with their bosses, would have to go back to their desk and basically sit there stressed out because they have not built any good relationships so that they can seek the help that they need or the support that they need to do their jobs properly. And if you really thought about it, you would notice that if they did have that that friend or a few friends because they fostered strong good relationships with their employees they wouldn't be in the position that they are right now which is drowning they're drowning a lot of people want to be supervisors they want to be managers and they don't understand that you should have been prepared and able to take on 
or to take all of your experiences over your professional years to assist you in your new role. But if you were too busy kissing ass and being a brown noser this entire time, what did you learn? If you were talking so much and hanging off of the boss's word and laughing at their stupid jokes, if you had just paid attention to the hardworking people in the company, learned from them, and also still network within your your working environment, speak to managers or, or top officials in a, in a professional way, but still making sure that you retain as much information as you possibly can about the job that you want, that you're working towards, you would be so much better off. You would not be drowning. In the beginning of this episode, I asked the question, is brown nosing about networking? To some extent, yes, it is about networking. It is all about how you present yourself. There is no need to kiss ass. Your work, ability, and experience speaks for itself. The way you communicate and hold a conversation matters. If all you're bringing to the table are kissing ass, laughing too hard at jokes that aren't so funny, and following them around for appearances, it's not it. That, that's not it. The second question that I asked which was, would you receive more respect as a brown noser? Again, that would depend on the leadership. If they are looking for a supervisor or a manager like that, by all means, keep doing it. As for respect, you won't receive it from your subordinates and the leaders see you as a doormat, eventually a fall guy if needed. But at the end of the day, I personally don't believe you receive respect as a brown noser. Being a brown noser is not considered uh, a negative attribute. But in my books, it is. There are brown nosers and then there are professionals. The positive that I spoke of in the beginning is considered professional. It's not the same. We need to not confuse the two terms. They are not the same. You take the time to get to know someone and still remain professional. Provide compliments where needed. And most importantly, don't be a Klingon. Just don't do it. So that concludes this podcast episode. I hope it was helpful and entertaining because I am trying to make my podcast episodes a bit more entertaining. Thank you for supporting the Orchid Blooms podcast. Visit our website at taonetwork.ca and our social media pages at Facebook, The Ambitious Obsession, Instagram at The Ambitious Net, and Twitter at The Ambitious Ops. My personal Instagram at Orchid Eye Brown, as well as my TikTok handle as well. Don't forget to click the following or subscribe button and share your favorite episode with your family and your friends. I hope you have a splendid day.